time again for the assault on your ears we call Lore Dorks, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast. I'm Aaron, and with me is Stavros once again. Tonight on our screens, it's episode four of season four, Something Borrowed, Something Green. And in our cups is an old favorite, the Orion Hurricane. That that wasn't one of my favorites. Really? You didn't enjoy it? You know, the last, you know what, uh, tell them them about this mixture, this concoction of evil from the internet. Yeah, so we got this from the Scorch1701 on Twitter, or X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, We just did this for the crossover episode just recently where Mariner introduces it. But yeah, called the Orion Hurricane. Um, It's got vodka, it's got tequila, it's got gin, it's got white rum, it's got dark rum, it's got green curacao, it's got lemon liqueur, uh, melon liqueur. And lime juice and club soda. So this is a this is a boozy concoction, and it comes in a nice shade of green. And uh, you're saying you don't it, like it? It left me pretty messed up. You know <laughs> that kind of. Don't this like was it. the one Got where it. we looked at the ingredients and we're like, "Oh, this is going to be awful." And then we drank it, and it actually wasn't too bad. But I <laughs> learned good. I learned my lesson. I actually dropped the dark rum this time, uh, and then I replaced okay. the vodka with some white lightning, and it is fantastic. Ooh. Interesting. I actually increased the ratio on the melon liqueur just because, I mean, it tastes delicious and I have a lot of it. Yes, <laughs> so it is pretty. Delicious. It makes it uh, tasting delicious and kind of kind of sweet. I like the sweet. So yeah, so I can't de- complain. Definitely, definitely. I went more limey on mine. Can never get enough lime. Ah, yes. Yeah, lime is a good 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 way to go as well. Yeah. So enough about the uh, inebriating cocktails here. Uh, tell <laughs> us about this episode. Should we talk about the episode? Yeah, so as you said, so, uh, something borrowed, something green. Uh, when Tendi gets called to her sister's wedding on Orion, Mariner and Talyn make it a triple threat girls trip. Just keep did, going. Did, was that okay? No, that was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Boimler and Rutherford figure out how to get along and try out their strategy in a, on a real diplomatic incident. That's, that's it goes well. Good. Yeah, it does. Um, I think the problem with your triple threat Triple, triple threat, whipple threat, whoa, swip. Um, you got you're that smashed on the hurricane. You got hurricane already. I'm caught up in the hurricane, brother. Um, Jesus. So what was I saying? Oh, right. So here's you know what I, I think your problem with the triple threat girls trip is you just you didn't get into yeah. it. You got to really get up there like triple threat oh. girls trip. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind for next time I for want to next embarrass time. myself. Ne- next time, yes. <laughs> I believe in you, Stavros. At this rate, we're going to keep going back to the... Anytime there's an Orion episode, we're just going to have to come back to this one. Yeah, well, I mean, it is the uh, the only thing that we know that's Orion, because not a lot of episodes <laughs> about anything other than uh, Orion's being skeezy pheromone peddlers. That's right. <laughs> I cannot wait to talk about this. But let's talk about the intro the first. The mystery ship. The mysterious threat. I was right. Threat. It was an Orion ship. Yes. The, the <laughs> we talked about this in the trailer is. discussion. Not, yes. not the little tiny. Lots of spikes. Thing. Yes. You know what's funny is the, is the lower decker. So we get to see the Orion lower, lower deckers first of all. This is this is the is best awesome. part. This is like wage douche over and over and over again. <laughs> I so like what is this? This is episode four. Is there 10 or yeah. 12 episodes this season? 10, 10 right? 10 episodes. I hope yeah. we get eight episodes of this at least. I am loving it. They all get murdered or uploaded. Or I think they're, yeah, I think is. they're getting uploaded. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask, is there a change to your theory on what's going on here with these guys? Is nope. it still, this just reinforces getting it. Getting uploaded. Yeah. 
Is there some kind of like a lower, like all the lower deckers come together in the finale or something like that? That would be amazing. Just like a cross <laughs> lower decks team that yeah. <laughs> pulls it out of the bag. I'm really hoping for it. And then the senior yeah. officers steal the credit. That would be fantastic. <laughs> I cannot wait. Oh my God. But how about the spikes on the, on the interceptor? I like how they talk in the dialogue about someone who's put metal spikes on their head, but the, it's actually the ship is the only one that has metal spikes in the intro at least. That conversation, though, the best part is the, oh, did you see her with those, you know, metal, uh, what was it, bolts in her head? Yeah. And right. he's all like, I'm going to do that. And they're all like, what? <laughs> now you're just copying people. And he goes, no, I'm a pirate. Pirate steals things. <laughs> Makes sense. And they call him <laughs> an Orion plagiarist. I love it. <laughs> That's like light stealing. Oh yeah. my god! You got, you got to get into the Orionness if you really want to be a, a thief. It's <laughs> pretty good. I love it. Yes, a lot of a lot of details in that scene as well. Uh, what's up with the crown? Did that belong to like Billups's mom or something, and they stole it? Or I feel like this is just you know a bunch of miscellaneous stuff that they stole. Because you know it's hilarious. Every time they're sewing a collection of like valuable or mysterious junk. There's always a Batleth and always a yeah. Lerpa. <laughs> and a Lerpa. Did you notice yeah. that? <laughs> I like, noticed what's that, yeah. the deal? I don't know. You're definitely right, though. It's, I think I think there's a prop guy on Lower Decks who is like, I need some props. When, what am I going to put in this scene? I need props. This scene calls for props. I know. A Lerpa! And he just throws it in there. Oh, yeah. this one had, like, a weird handle on it. Yeah, like, the weird, like, it's like, I don't even know what you call those things. The, like, par- perpendicular yeah. part coming off. Right. Um, yeah. I don't, know. Like, I don't know what you call it. I but, feel like it's, you know, yeah. a handicap Lerpa. For, you know <laughs> it could be but yeah it's great I, I i'm on board with the upload train now just because i want to see like the lower deckers come together band together to come back yeah the other thing about this scene that i noticed is this is the first time we don't see debris afterwards it just oh, goes to white yeah. and then it's the credits i think maybe because nobody knows what the orion symbol is <laughs> <laughs> they had an opportunity. Just, they could have thrown uh, <laughs> to, thrown to make people learn there. what yeah. the right symbol was. Yeah, it didn't work. Teach me, whoever <laughs> yeah. is running this show, because I've drank too much. And, uh, McMahon, teach me, McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> Please, we need to know what the Orion symbol is. <laughs> oh Jesus! Uh, so there are two plots in this episode. There's the A plot with the girls' trip that we just talked about. Yes, and then the B plot with Brotherford, which. We're going to talk about it in a little bit, but so let's talk about the one at a time. Let's talk about the girls trip plot first. Let's, let's start with yeah. the open here because what is okay. Tendy doing that she finishes and doesn't have anything else to do now? Did you catch this? Yeah. What, what was She's it? She's logging all of the diseases, the transporter buffer blocked from last <laughs> week's shore leave. Oh, the implications because like surely like they couldn't have gone far. Right. It was only a week. <laughs> right. What did they get up to and where did they take surely that they're picking <laughs> up all these strange diseases? You got to think that, you know, the opportunity for surely they, they know that these diseases are on the planet. They just say, yeah, whatever. You know, the, the buffer will pick it. And up. I'm not going to lie. My my mind immediately went to STDs. And I know that's not <laughs> probably what they intended, but. That's how my <laughs> sick mind works. Yeah, I'm sure that's included. <laughs> yeah, this intro is definitely part. Yeah, the, the, that's pretty good. Uh, pretty good intro to the scene. But then, of course, Captain Freeman comes in with the invite for the wedding. And the 
My favorite part of this whole invite scene is Fre- Captain Freeman comes in and basically forces Tendi to go to a family function because, you know, it would make nice. What? You don't think that was the worst part? No. How- they they sent a letter to Tendi. Did the captain yeah. read her crew member's her mail? mail? <laughs> I like, didn't think of that. What? <laughs> I wonder if it came through like diplomatic channels and you know like uh, like 300 people read that invite already. Oh yeah, like cuz like the Orion didn't know, didn't where know how was. to get a hold of Tendi. That would yeah, be amazing. Right. Well, she's in Starfleet, send it to the Starfleet embassy on yeah, you know, right. Orion, Orion Prime Planet 7. Right. So like, you know, it's Starfleet Intelligence Reddit and Oh yeah, Faster section Reddit 31 and... Reddit. Yeah. I'm sure. Uh, My favorite part of this scene, actually, is Mariner's meta comment about this, where she goes, hey, this is more backstory than we've ever been able to get out of you. And I'm like, wow, that's true. This episode is more information about Orion's than we've gotten in the whole IP so far. Yeah, definitely. You know what I love, though, is that, like, Tendi was totally planning to blow off her sister's wedding. That is cold. That's right. (laughs) That's harsh, man. Yeah. Funny part is, later in the episode, she's like, I would have totally gone. Yeah. And, you know, that's basically a lie. You know, I bet you she would have pulled they a do blammer. lie a lot. She just wouldn't have told anyone and gone on her own. Yeah, that's true. It's possible. Um, I love this is the first instance we see of a lot of Orion text in this episode. Um, and so someone has translated yes. the invite. Hilariously, there's placeholder text that gets translated as it's well. It's like almost all placeholder text. Yeah. Like they don't Very even strange, name yeah. her husband, right? No. It's fiance Orion. Do they even yeah, name fiance her, Orion. your fiancé in the uh, no. episode? No. He never <laughs> gets a name? Guy. Oh, my God. That's, <laughs> that's horrible. Uh, there also literally says placeholder text on there. Yes. And, uh, and then subtext some text here, here is great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But he has Derek's name on there. And, uh, I, you know. I, I love the fact that they went to all that trouble to come up with a cipher for a fake alien language. Which, by the way, that's not how alien languages are going to work. They're not just going to oh, be no. a pure cipher for, you know, the English no. language. But I love that they went to all that trouble and still left placeholder text in there. <laughs> you think some writer was like, we don't have time for this. Just get it translated. Put it on the show. Or they purposefully leave placeholder text on there knowing people would find it. You know, we're kind of assuming, though, that what this guy has translated is actually the truth. And I have actually made no effort to verify that. <laughs> like, I picked a few letters, and I'm all like, okay, so that's a D, and that's a D. Oh, they're both Ds on there. All right, this guy knows what he's talking about. I'm just going to trust him implicitly. Yeah, I did I did source this from um, a fairly reliable source on, on Twitter, so take that what you may. There are no reliable well sources on Twitter. What do you say? Yeah, yeah. They're, all, they're all gone by this point. I think you're right. What about the uh, photos and belly dancing outfits? Like... Is that is there some equivalent for that in like modern marriages? Like we need to have costume pictures together or something like that. Uh you know, maybe I've not been to enough weddings. I've seen it before, but I've also seen like you know traditional weddings where like they wear ridiculous outfits. Which, to be clear, I consider you know the whole bridal gown and the full suit a ridiculous outfit. But yeah, I mean, it is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a thing. Not to mention, like, bridesmaid dresses and stuff yeah. like that. That can get out yeah. of control. Yeah, Best wedding I ever went to was... middle-aged men. T-shirt and jeans out in the bar. <laughs> <Yeah>. Nice work. 
Yeah, that was a funny call. Uh, interesting thing about this discussion, Mariner's dialogue gets very, I don't know if it's uh, Tawny Newsom is just kind of, you know, just making up some dialogue here, but she says dude at one point. Did you notice that? I'm like, has dude been in Star Trek before this? I'm pretty sure she says dude before, right? And she's always like, is she? Okay. yeah, she does the whole dude, right? Like, dude, yeah. That weird. Uh, I just, I noticed it fuck? this time and I was like, is it Star Trek? It's, it's canon now. I feel like they she said it before, and... but you know what? They've said dude in Voyager. Um, Have they? When they went back in time, right? Oh, well, pfft. Wait, that I mean, doesn't you go back count. To the 90s, you have to say dude. You don't have to say dude if you go back to the nineties. <laughs> In fact, if you go back to the nineties, the thing you should not say is dude. <laughs> if you say so, you'll fit right in, man. Next time you time travel the nineties, say dude a lot, you'll be fine. I don't think people really said dude a lot outside of television <laughs> in the nineties. <laughs> it's a Hollywood thing you're saying. Uh maybe I don't know. Uh, well, either way, they decide to go to Orion and Tendy's home. What about the purple rhinos? Did you see those? What? That was my thing. I wanted to talk about the purple rhinos. Why are you stealing <laughs> my thing? Hey, we can talk about the same things. That's what the show is. Purple purple rhinos were amazing. Best part of the episode. They had extra horns on. They have like three horns. Yeah, well, they had like the, the horns on top, which I think was two horns. And then they had like right. two side horns. Two on the side. Okay. So four horns. So they're not really rhinos. They a lot of horns. But I mean, would you expect they're to like find... domesticated yeah. rhinos. Yeah. Or something like that. I was that. not expecting that. The real question yeah. is, why were they riding rhinos? Like, Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Do they, well, you know what? I guess Kirk rode a horse, right? So Yeah. Maybe horses are weird to Orions. Yeah. You know, like weird domesticated weird animals. Domesticated animals. You're, you're riding a horse? <laughs> Those things are dangerous. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that thing's going to trample you. Um, I was also not expect, expecting the, uh, the villas. The kind of like Roman-style... Like country villa. Like, what did you expect the uh, wealthy Orion's delivery? I don't know. Yurts? I don't know if it was like I was expecting more because I think all the things we've seen so far for Orion places are places like the the neon city that we see later in the episode. So maybe you know something like you know Coruscant from Star Wars. Oh, or you're expecting something really like nice that rather cities. than yeah. you know the one thing that really killed me about this is these people are supposedly the fifth richest family on Orion. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's a pretty shoddy house for, you know, the fifth richest people. Unless there's like <laughs> scale issues, I feel like they would have a much, mm. much larger house. You know what? I bet you that this is like their summer house. Oh, it's their like summer that. house. Or their weekend house. Yeah. yeah. They have like a. Uh, They've got like 12 houses or they something. They got like a. This is their summer villa. And then they got their yeah. uh, building with their name on it in the <laughs> capital. And, in the city. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. But they got like a yacht yeah. that's like their uh, vacation. Yeah. yeah. No, this makes sense. Totally. Uh, so what about the, the Orion guys jumping in from the trailer? Remember yeah, they, you like, remember we were talking out? about this, and we're like, yeah, oh, this is probably uh-huh. this or probably that. And what did I say about it? It's probably yeah, a misdirect. Right. Yeah. It was kind of goofy. Like, why do they even draw their swords? Come on. It's obviously like a trailer thing. Or a, well, you, you know, know, I... A little, little gag. It's a cultural thing, right? It's like that's how they greet people, oh. you know? Okay. That could be it. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Well, look at you being all uh, culturally sensitive and stuff. Hey, yeah, you know, not me usually uh, spouting off, insulting everybody else's culture, and <laughs> acting completely. I guess you had to change something. Unaware. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, I know. In this scene, we also get with the intro, at least, uh, when uh, the, the the three girls get on the uh, the chair, the fancy chair. 
And there's some Orion text on the chair, it's, and that is also translated. Translates to this is a fancy chair. <laughs> this is a very fancy chair. It's so oh funny. my god, so much effort, <laughs> so much effort. Yeah, they get a little bit of a payoff there. Yeah, I do. I love that they don't even like bring the chair out and let them sit on it. They like go and pick them up and place them on it. Just yeah, a level of opulence that I need in yeah. my life. You don't even need to request being put on the chair. The servants will just do it for you. That's what I want in my house, my summer house. I love how really into it Mariner and Talyn are. Like, you can tell <laughs> Talyn is totally yeah. on board for this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, she is very into it. She just wants to write it all down. Oh, yeah, too. like twice in this episode, she uh, comments on how physically attractive people are. In, in <laughs> her Vulcan way, true. you know? Yeah, in her very flat. I mean, that's absolutely out of control. <laughs> As is characteristic for Talyn. Oh, no, no wonder they... You know what? I... I she is growing on me this episode. She has some of the uh, greatest lines in it. I, I got to give credit. Yeah. We should talk about that now because Talyn is, you kind of thought she was a bit of a one trick pony in previous episodes. She is a one trick pony. Here you can pony. actually see more personality. It, she yeah. is a one trick pony, but it's a good trick, you know? Oh, okay. You're enjoying the trick. I right am now. enjoying the trick. And I had said that previously, okay. but like before when it was that way, she had like small parts, whereas now she has a lot bigger role to play. Yeah. She's getting more integrated into the the Warp Drive 5. Yeah, definitely. And you know what? As like the, the third wheel to the Mariner and Tendi outing, it's just, she brings a lot to it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if she really, kind of remains to be seen if she would fit into like a main speaking role, but having her there to like bounce off of, I think is yes. working so far. Curious to see if it'll work long term. Yes. And the best parts are in when she just makes like very dry observations or like agrees <laughs> with somebody. <laughs> But like, however yeah. <laughs> they say it, like when she, when Mariner refers to the guy as the piece of, uh, yeah. what does she call him? The hunky, the hunky hunk know. steak, right? And uh, yeah, hunk steak. Yeah. Tillin's response is he is very aesthetically pleased. Oh, she has such great delivery and great <laughs> writing. Ah, oh. great work with the voice actor. For yes, sure. and yeah, the writing. The writing that. is fantastic. Yeah, writing good too. Yeah, yeah. Um, how about uh, Tendi's parents? We've got Warrior Queen Shona and Bert. Such a great name. The funny part is, if we if you have the subtitles on, it's not spelled B E R T. It's B apostrophe R T. Yeah, but I mean, and that's how he pronounces it, right? But it's still hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, such a dad name. He acts like a dad too. Oh my god! Especially when he like finally has his outburst. I can't hold it in any. Oh my god! So good, so good. Uh, De Erica is kidnapped. <laughs> so, what do you think about the name De Erica? Dude, her dad's name is Bert. Her name is De Erica. Oh, it's so good, so so good. Uh, really classic. Oh, it man. feels like classic Mike McMahon type uh, type comedy in this stuff. Yeah, That's great. I hope that keeps coming up. It's just really well. Yeah. I don't even know what to say. It's hilarious. Yeah, totally. The thing that really hit home for me was, uh, oh, of course we're happy to have you here, and we need to get a, get you uh, have you get a box of stuff out of the garage. And I like immediately had flashbacks. Oh my god, my parents were like, <laughs> I was like, that's exactly a parent thing to do. Yeah, yeah. For my mom, it was all like, do you actually need these? You know, like seven computers that you left behind. <laughs> Are you ever going to take yeah. those with you? <laughs> what was your answer to that? Yes, I need those. Uh, I them away. Well, I made it like 10 years before I realized that I was never going to need a used 486. <laughs> hey, that'd be worth like, worth like five bucks now, man. You could have a $5 Ooh, Five whole dollars. 
I know. That's before inflation. Yeah, before inflation. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, then, of course, uh, they proceed in the investigation about the kidnapping of Derrica. They go to the Slit Throat Club, which I thought the uh, neon sign above it was particularly fitting. Pretty funny, I thought. Some funny stuff in that club. The lighting fixtures. The light bulbs. They've yes. got the they've got the weird round TOS light bulb thing that spins around. Yes. I was yeah. so jazzed when they brought that back in the crossover episode. I'm not sure if we talked about that or not. But I really like that design. Yeah, it's very cool. It feels I mean you can see if you if you take a look at the the crossover episode actually for Strange New Worlds. Yeah, that's what I was um, talking about. You can about. actually see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can see the the you know the the engines look exactly like the lights, so it's pretty great. I enjoyed yeah, it quite a bit. Very nice. nice I was kind of disappointed that the mystery ship didn't use that style, but that mystery ship did pull from the Entera Orion ships, and I think it kind of even made even taken a little influence from the animated series Orion ship. Yeah, that was trapped <laughs> yes. in like the what was that like the the temporal void or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There is. Yeah. It does show up there. I mean, speaking of animated series references, uh, did you catch that bottle that Tendy gets offered? It's got the Orion Captain from the animated series. I'm actually impressed you found that because I noticed the face on it. And I'm like, at first I was yeah. like, is that Quark? And then I looked at it closer and I got my <laughs> screenshot and I blew it up. And I'm yeah. like, uh-huh. I've seen this before. Yes. Yeah. Suddenly I'm making <laughs> the face in my mashed potatoes and I'm making <laughs> clay models in my kitchen. Of my wife mm. takes the kids. It was awful. <laughs> well, that escalated. <laughs> anyway, that animated series episode that character is from is called The Pirates of Orion. Yes. And somebody translated the label on this bottle as well. It says Brandy and Captain's Choice on there. Amazing. You know it's good when it has the Orion Captain on there. Wasn't he just like a pirate in that episode? He's like some random pirate or something? I think so, yeah. Uh, apparently he got <laughs> into uh, distilling sense. after his, you know, tour yeah. as a pirate captain. You know, a successful pirate captain, you gotta yeah. retire but have some passive income. Yeah. You, you can make a, a brandy brand. Not not all uh, Orions are pirates. They just used to be at one point. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I like we get the part one of the running gag of Mariner getting stabbed by throwing knives. Um, who even throws the first one? I think it's the owner for the club throws it because it's like off screen. The funny part is like no one cares. No, it's it's, it's Tendy's high school friend, right? She throws it from like yeah. And here's the away. best part: they imply <laughs> that. This is a service. You buy the daggers to throw at other people. Because <laughs> they've got the jar, and right before here. they yeah. throw the dagger, she's all like, she pours a drink, and they're like, oh, this is on the house. And then she's like, but that's from whoever. And then the dagger flies out and stabs Mariner. <laughs> uh, I love this red gag, by the way. We're going to talk more about each time it happens, but... Getting stabbed in the exact same spot time and time again. I love the fact that in the beginning, really she's all on board for it. And as it goes <laughs> on, she's just angrier and she's angrier. She's getting annoyed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah. So good. The, uh, the high school friend, by the way, I was watching uh, with you know Rachel, my wife, and we, when uh, Mariner and Tendi and Talyn are walking away, and she goes, 
I'll, I'll see you for brunch. And she goes, I'm never going to call her. And it's like, apparently that's exactly how that works with the, with the high school relationship. You know what? I, you I in run public. into people from time to time and they're like, oh, we should get together. And like, as I'm walking away is all I'm thinking is no, never. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> yeah. I've never been in this scenario where I run well, into a random high school friend out in the wild. Usually I'm on the me. other side of it where I'm like, uh, oh, I remember you, you were you. cool. And the other guy I can see on his face, he's all like, you were an asshole. Which, to be fair, <laughs> I am kind of an asshole. But... <laughs> Still, yeah. How'd you like their game that they played? With yeah, the, the Orion... Monster? So, is the bug actually deadly? Do we, do they seriously... Do they, they say don't it? say. It's just no. implied, Kind of right? implied, yeah. But I kind of doubt it. I refuse to believe that, like, this is, this is, it's got a game board, right? There's no yeah. way that they would put that much effort into a game board that kills its players. <laughs> like, nobody it's would use it. It's just not good it. for business. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm betting just it's just, yeah, it's probably like something like really, really nasty poison that causes paralysis. Yeah. And... You gotta, you gotta go to the hospital or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I love the dialogue in this during this where the you know the character's like has Starfleet made you soft and Teddy's like I love being soft. I'm like yes. <laughs> you <laughs> know what? Great. That is such a classic Tendy response too. I love that. Yeah, they don't, it really like, is. They don't try and have her be all badass, and she's like just trying <laughs> to be who she wants to be. Yeah, this whole episode is she she's fighting with the her needing to you know be once again like much like the last Orion episode stuck between these identities. And that's very much a attendee response. So, yes. good job, attendee, being your own person. Fantastic. Don't be all all rough. Yeah, don't yeah. be all winter constellationy when you don't need to be. <laughs> I do like or that primary. they finally real reveal what the mistress of the winter constellation shtick is. Do they though? It's uh, she's winter a uh, mistress of the winter constellations, but then they introduce this new concept of like prime, like the prime of the. Well, she's the prime sister. But she was the mistress of the Winter Constellation because she was trained to be an assassin. Right. Yeah. Right. Are those the same thing, though? That's why everybody's afraid of her. That's true. But the funny part is, even though she left Orion, she hasn't lost this title. It's like people are still yeah. afraid of her. They go, oh, you used to be the mistress of the Winter But the best part is, all of this ties into the episode where she's mistaken for the cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> it just goes full barbarism. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, I'm still convinced. I mean, getting off track here, but I'm still convinced in that episode. No one else showed up for that mission, so we I don't know Tendi that though. To be the Maybe after she left, somebody walked in and is like, "Oh, what's this?" I was like, "Oh, oh my god, that would be a hilarious." Very short trek. The guy who walks in, <laughs> this guy is, and yeah. he is mistaken for Ensign Tendy. By somebody who doesn't yeah. know Tendi and is given all of her like lower decks work, and he's this badass <laughs> assassin trying to keep the yeah. ship clean or doing medical work. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. Uh, file that away for a very short treks option. Yes, make it happen. All right. Well, from there they go to the other location, the better, the more legit location according to Tendi, uh, which apparently <laughs> is called <laughs> they call it a hump dungeon. Um, which oh apparently also exists on Earth somewhere. And and then Ingrita, the owner, also calls it her sanctuary, S-C-E-N-T. I love that sanctuary. phrase. Oh, my God. <laughs> so amazing. Yeah. You can see that in the clo- in the uh, captions, by the way. Yes. Man. You so need to be able to pull that with the captions. Talk about, like, yeah. one word that is just a huge... <laughs> 
it's not even like a euphemism at all. It's like this no. multiple implications. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Did you see how they got there though? Oh yeah, they took like this crazy elevator. So it starts off and it's the crazy uh, like angled elevator that's like forty five degrees. I call it the anime elevator because right. you see it in an anime oh. all the time, especially oh, anime really? okay. with like robots and shit. But anyways, they're okay. going down it, and then they get all the way to the end, and they get to the end, and it's no longer at, like, 45 degrees. It's at, like, I don't even know, like, 95 degrees or something? Or, oh. like, 85? I don't know how to do degrees. But anyways, <laughs> so right. is that just, like, a weird, like, curved elevator or something? Like, what's going on there? Oh. I think some you made some background artists, like, really sad right now, because they probably just... Uh, just messed it up or something oh yeah well i mean he's not on the show so obviously it had to be me and not you <laughs> that's true no i don't know i didn't really notice to be honest i uh i didn't pick up on that i don't know i like the curve so? I, I like the 45 degree elevator so it just kind of stuck okay. with me i don't know why i yeah. like that type of elevator it's ridiculous and impractical it makes me think of like resident evil or half-life like one of those adventure games where you get on this so elevator and then it drops enemies on you you know and you got to murder them because the elevator is absurdly slow and open, yes. so that's the best place to drop bad guys on you. Yeah, but yeah, were those were those elevators forty five degrees though? They were like up and down, right? I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, I, I just I remember that scene in Akira that that has the forty five oh. degree angle where the general's explaining why they have to murder psychics or something. I don't know. We're not talking about Akira. We're not talking <laughs> about mech anime. We're talking about Lower Decks. And if we're talking this about This is an Lower elevator Decks, podcast now. I don't know. We're, we're going to have to do some research elevators. This yeah. is where we build our kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> Look, how many elevator podcasts are out there, all right? There can't be that many. We found a new niche. <laughs> Join us yeah. Thursdays for Elevator Talk. It's not talk in an elevator. It's talk about elevators. Well, you know, we have to find elevators to record in. And, you know, Wait, it's just, weird when people... Were you not paying stuff. attention to what I just said? Yeah, we're not recording yeah. in elevators. <laughs> we're recording about elevators. No, we can do both is what I'm trying to say. That's actually a great idea. And, like, don't tell people we're coming. We just, like, show up and set up a desk with, like, microphones yeah, on just it. just in there for an hour. Like, yeah, people come in and are like, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> They're, like, coming to work. <laughs> It's a great idea. <laughs> Here we are in uh, Cisco's elevators. So, oh my god, that's a terrible idea. Let's talk about the episode. <laughs> so- <laughs> um, back to the sen- sanctuary. Yes, Mariner gets stabbed again. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Yeah, and that's what that's what happens. She throws it, and uh, Ingrita throws it, and it hits Mariner right in the same spot. Got to got to love the. I mean, at least then you've only you still just got one wound. The to best heal, part is like you know? nobody's throwing knives at Mariner. Just everybody else gets out of the way except for Mariner. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's what's it's what takes her out of the physical altercation plot that happens later in the episode. Because she's been stabbed three times. She can't fight. I think at that point, Erica. though, she'd only been stabbed two times. That was her third time, right? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, this so is the second time. She gets stabbed three times before the fight. No, 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 yeah, not before the yeah, fight. This is the second time. Yeah, this is the second time. Oh, during the, the fight, fight kind of. it's the third time. Right, but I also like the fact that the first time she gets stabbed, she's doing her whole Orion culture is awesome thing. But the second time, she's all like, "Oh, I've had enough of this shit." Yeah, (laughs) she just like immediately goes and hides. Very anti Mariner, but you know, if you got stabbed twice without medical attention between, maybe if I got stabbed once, once, (laughs) I would be done. Stavros, if we go on an adventure and I get stabbed, you're on your own. I don't care. (laughs) I am. Look, you got at least two more stabs. Come on. Jesus. 
But I love though when it like anyway. does does get serious in there. Yeah. I love the fact that uh, Tendi uses stuff she learned in Starfleet. She got all sciency to win at Orion Culture. Yes, so good. Oh, such a great scene. Yeah, we got a lot of info about the pher- the whole pheromone culture here in general. Like, apparently, not all Orions can do it, but Tendi is so good at I don't know being intimidating that she doesn't have to. She's just. I also like the fact that it is a drug, and people can get addicted to it. So by choice. <laughs> They yeah. put themselves under the control of the pheromone, but also right. there's people who don't want to be controlled by the pheromones that get captured by it. It's yeah, you know, I know this is going to sound <laughs> dumb because you know animated cartoon show, but that's just such a uh-huh. fascinating cultural concept. I agree. I like Mariner's uh, comment here. It's like you know, oh, Starfleet made up pheromones to explain why you know some captain, probably Archer. Let their starship get commandeered. And I think that literally happens in Enterprise. It does. It totally happens in Enterprise. And I think (laughs) it happens to Kirk, too, but they don't actually steal the Enterprise. Oh. But you know what? I don't remember because we haven't finished our Enterprise rewatch. So No, we're never going to finish that. Quiet, you. You're making me sad. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. Let's talk about Ingrita more. What an interesting character. She reminded me about Ursula from The Little Mermaid. I mean, I haven't seen that movie in 30 years, but definitely gave off oh, those yeah, kind sure. of Ursula vibes. 30 years? You mean like 30 days? I know you watch that once oh. a month, dude. No need to lie. Yeah, that's kind of my monthly go-to comfort movie. I, yeah. I, I'm not not judging. You do you. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd she have fangs? Why'd she have fangs? Wait, she had fangs? Is she a vampire? Yeah. I don't think she's a vampire. She just probably has very pronounced canines. Which Does she kind of like sharpen her teeth or something? Wait a minute. I just thought of something. Do, so like, okay. Do they have canines on Orion, or do they call those teeth like something dots? else? Oh, teeth. Um, I don't know. Well, I mean, because like, I don't know about are, are teeth. canine teeth named after dogs. I don't know enough about teeth to answer that. I thought you were a uh, dog expert. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I think this is now a teeth podcast, so. Maybe we should do some research for next episode. Yeah, totally never noticed the fangs until you said it. It's weird. It's it's part of the Ursula vibe. Yeah, she's definitely, you know, I think the Ursula thing is because of the makeup. Um, and maybe the body oh, shape yeah. a little bit, too. Yeah, I think hair and makeup was what, yeah. would, would, what made me think of now, it. Now that I, I look at it again, I genuinely think you may be right. But fantastic character. <laughs> About the fangs great, or the great Ursula presence, thing? Very yeah. villainous. I, I enjoyed it. I especially love the scene just because we get so much of the Orion culture out of it. This is like the the gold mine for the Orion culture for you know type stuff. I, so. I don't know if I agree with that, right? Because oh. the other place that they went to, the nightclub, that was like above ground and like it had you know bouncers yeah. and all that stuff. But this is like some below ground, underground, like seedy place, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like this. Well, Tendi considers it more above board, doesn't she? Say it's more legit in the episode. Does she? This place we're going is much more chill. Could be. Maybe Orion culturally culturally speaking, from the Orion perspective, this is a more chill place where you get hooked on the moans, man. So yeah, but being chill and being above board aren't the same thing, right? <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's very true. But I anyway, don't know. Love that love that scene. Yeah, it's such a fantastic scene. Yeah, for sure. From there, they go to the ship graveyard area. They're they're tracking down to Erica because I think maybe she's been kidnapped or something. There's a lot of junked out ships in here. 
Um, they come across the Raven type, which we saw in the trailer. Um, I could not recognize any of the other ships in there. I think it just felt like just garbagey chip pieces to me. Did you? Could you pull out anything that, that you recognized in there? Or because usually this is like very typical that they would put some kind of recognizable thing in there, but I did not spot anything. So I did actually spot one thing, and I'm not sure if it's actually what I was seeing. It looked like there was a Ent era shuttle or some sort of knockoff of it. Okay. It's just, it's all mashed up, so it's hard to tell. Yeah. But, like, especially the back end with the wings was very Ent style. But, yeah, I don't know. I didn't pick anything else up out of here except the Raven type. There were, like, bits and pieces that, like, oh, that feels very Klingon, or, oh, that feels very Romulan. But for the most part, Mm. yeah, nothing nothing special, which is weird, because, yeah, like you said, they'd usually use this kind of scene to fill it up with references. And of course, you know, now that I've said that after we're done, (laughs) it's going to be the internet. Someone's going to, well, actually, if you look at this tubular (laughs) thing, that's actually a warp coil from, you know what? That's good for them. Yeah. Tweet us or X us or, you know, comment, leave a comment. Talk like a normal human being. Be like, Uh, yeah, well, you see, we're a refined (laughs) podcast and we want our listeners to be refined as well. Yes, exactly. Exactly. See? We haven't gotten to the accent part of this episode discussion. We'll yet, get but there. We'll get there. Don't worry. But no, I do love that that they do find the Raven type, and I don't know that that whole scene is just good. Like the the drawings on the yeah. wall, the you Looks know really Teddy good. can you know hot rod hot, hot rod can <laughs> hot wire hot wire the hot rod a random yeah. spaceship. Like, this is where she hung out when she was a child because she wanted to be anything other than a pirate. It's just, it's a good scene. Like, if this were not a, you know, animated comedy show, this would fit in with, like, a regular episode of any other Star Trek series. Yeah, I totally agree. The whole confrontation with Derica is pretty good. Uh, We get a little more information about how, you know, the, the circumstances of Tendi's departure, which is good. So I'm all about that. It all gets resolved. Everyone's I, just, happy. I also love like the resolution where like they have this big fight and at the end she's all like, well, you know, I thought you wanted to be this. You know, that's why I let you have it. And she's like, I did want to be right. that, but I didn't want to lose you. It's so yeah. great. Like just yeah. well done. And the fact that they resolve it in a way that deals with their, you know, family issues is really well done. I just I thought yeah. that was very good. Yeah. All in all. From start to finish, well, not wholly start to finish, but this whole plot, which is the vast majority of the episode, is all about Tendi and all about her backstory. We get a lot of good info here. I don't think I have any complaints about this from start to finish. Do you have things you didn't like about no. it? No. I thought this whole episode was great. I think this is, I mean, well, that's a problem I think this is one of the stronger I do ones. have a complaint. Oh, what is it? Okay, so we get to the ship graveyard. Clearly, these ships yes. are pirated, right? We saw okay. the, uh, in the beginning, we saw the transport ship with the booty on board. Clearly pirated booty. There's implications okay. here that they've stolen from, like, everybody, right? Klingons. Well, sure. Federation members. Pirates. The fe- yeah, yeah, yeah. No, makes sense. They're pirates. They're pirates. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the problem uh-huh. is they bring this stuff back to their home world. What's going to happen oh. when they steal from the Klingons, right? Yeah, they're gonna come back looking for yeah. their people to stole their These stuff. These guys do oh. not look like they have a space force capable of repelling the Klingon Empire. But even better, 
Like, how long has it... When did they first start robbing the Vulcans? Because, you know, one of my favorite parts of Discovery is the Vulcan hello, right? Oh, uh, yeah. It's uh-huh. so terribly logical, right? Yeah. It's just awful. What's going to happen when they rob from the Vulcans? I totally see the Vulcans. Question. Like, oh, yeah, the Vulcan hello isn't going to work here. Right. So we're just going to go to their home world and destroy every one of their spaceports. It's just, <laughs> I don't well, know. That, I mean, the fact is we don't know that those are pirated ships. We just know it's a ship graveyard. But, it, I mean, we can make the supposition, but we don't know. You know right? what? Who knows Stavros, where why you got to piss all over my jump to conclusion, Matt? <laughs> but, yeah, if it is, if they are stolen ships, you're right. But, you know, all those pirates got to dump their uh, dump their pirated ships somewhere if they, they're too shitty to work, so. Yeah, I don't know. What, how'd you feel about the, the Talyn tossing the report away once Tendi decided that she didn't give her consent? So I actually really like it, but not for the reason like that it makes sense from a anthropological standpoint. Okay. Like the best anthropology is without the consent of those being anthropologized. Is that is that the, really? the term anthropologized? I mean, sure. Because the minute they know that they're being watched, they they're going to change, change their influence, right? It's just like oh. freaking the con- quantum uncertainty principle. You look at someone, they behave <laughs> differently. Ah. Oh, so you're into the duck blind, like Star Trek Insurrection type, you know, so holographic suits. Here's the problem so. with Star Trek Insurrection and why it never made any sense. This was One a, problem? This was a spacefaring people. I, I would think it would have been hilarious if it turned out that the Baku knew the Federation was there all along. That would have been great. <laughs> But that this was is not an, an animated comedy movie. So maybe <laughs> when true. they do their insurrection riff, that will be the gag they throw in there. <laughs> Perhaps. Yes, I'm sure it's only a matter of time until they get there. Yes, it's it's got to happen. They riff on every bad aspect of Star Trek, so they'll get there eventually. <laughs> well, anyway, they get back for the wedding. My favorite part of the wedding was Derica's husband's dad giving him away at the altar. That was pretty great. Walking him down the aisle. and giving Oh him my God. That, okay. I was lost. I didn't realize that was his dad. Like, how do you know it's his dad? They've got the gender role reversal going this whole episode. So oh, I'm kind of suppositioning. A I little feel bit like here, the dumbest person in the world. I assumed that it was his best. <laughs> what man. do you think was happening there? I assumed oh. it was his best man or okay. it was De Erica's like De Erica would choose a best man. Uh-huh. And whose role it was to make sure that the husband showed up at the wedding. Uh-huh. Because the way he's walking your da- walking him down the wedding is as like a prisoner, yeah. right? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Which is so good. I love yeah. that concept for them. It could be, I, I mean, basically, they don't, they don't really say, but my guess is still it's, I mean, just because it's a basic gender role reversal, I still think it's the husband's dad giving the husband away. Because Yumeron even makes the comment that usually the brides get, like, he's so radiant. I know. I and love that just, comment. It's so well done. It's so good. Oh, man. <laughs> Weddings are ridiculous. That's why I love them. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. And then, of course, we get the end of this A-plot at the end of the episode where they're showing the wedding photos. Definitely a little PTSD from too many wedding photos. What? But, wedding you know, photos are the best. Some of my favorite they photos can be. are from my weddings. <laughs> yeah you've got how many of you have there like six or seven teen yes exactly <laughs> makes sense the key <laughs> is you can get them annulled if you start oh. quickly 
Uh, you know, yeah. my only disappointment about the wedding photos is we don't get to see a ton of them, right? They just talk about them. Right. I would have loved like a whole montage, like maybe even like the post, like maybe instead of like the normal just credits playing, they did a whole montage of the wedding photos. That would have been fantastic. <laughs> yeah, maybe they should have like during the credits or something like that. That would have been funny. Ah, oh, would have been great. You know, uh, <laughs> but that's kind of it for this plot line, right? Yeah. But yeah. I did. We, I, we have I, the other plot. Well, oh, yeah, but ahead. I did kind of get sidetracked though. I didn't talk about so. When Talyn throws out the pad, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that her excuse for doing it makes no sense. But the reason she did it was for her friend Tendi, right? Such okay. a great moment for like establishing yeah. Talyn's character in a subtle way. Or I guess it's not really that subtle. She she threw a pad out a window. That's not it's subtle. very <laughs> it's very obvious. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she gets out of the one trick pony trap, I guess, by actually showing some some character there. And she does it pretending to be her one trick pony self. It's good. <laughs> it God, is good. I'm turning into a Talin fanboy. Shoot me now. I'll get you one of those uh, cardboard cutouts. You can keep it in your bedroom. Let's not, Ooh, let's not pursue ugh. that direction. Yeah, no, I'm not that kind of creeper. <laughs> I personally, I thought, I mean, this does, it's, it's ethics. Well, it's friendship under the guise of ethics, yeah. I think. Because Talyn does care, and I thought it was the ethical thing to do. I don't know anything about anthropology. We're not This is not an anthrop- anthropological show, but... It could you know, be. I like it. And you it's know both. what? We've done a lot of stuff tonight, but I think we've hit on a new podcast that will soar <laughs> to greater heights than this one. <laughs> anthropology, the anthropology in an elevator. Oh, we need a PhD to come be on the show i think uh i think well i mean we don't need a phd but the guest should have someone with a phd yes okay (laughs) shall we talk about the b plot you mean the best plot because this is probably the episode where b stands for best is the most truthful i totally agree this is is the best to lynn's greatest one-liner oh their emotional closeness is unpleasant Why? 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 Why is she getting affected by their emotional closeness? Because they're Come not on, supposed to do that as Vulcans, which is great. Because her scene of throwing out her cultural anthropology report on Orion's right is basically that same level of closeness, only as a Vulcan would present it. It's so good. That is true. I'll give you that. But of course, then, you know, it leads to the worst moment of this episode. Oh, which is? Calling each other roomy. Oh. Can't take anybody seriously who says that. Well, counterpoint, in the same discussion, they call each other Brotherford. Love it. <laughs> A plus. <laughs> uh, so good. I, at first, I wasn't sure, but it's grown on me upon thinking about it. I'm into the Brotherford. I do want to comment. At first, though. I was like, it's... A- Every time that they combine people's names, it's always, oh, it's got to be romantic. It's got to be romantic. But these guys right. aren't in a romance. They're just no. best friends. They're buddies. They're friends. Yeah, they're friends. They're roomies. Yeah. Such a great... <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. How do you feel about... Because I feel like it's it's Bradward and Rutherford, right? But but Bradward just gets the BR, and Rutherford gets his whole name. Is this an unequal partnership already? But that's the other weird thing, right? They combine Boimler's first name with Rutherford's last. 
So I actually think right. it may just be B. Rutherford. B. Rutherford. Oh, it could be. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah, I didn't put any thought into it at all. I'm just drunk enough that shit's coming out <laughs> my mouth without any thought. <laughs> uh, either way, I think Brotherford is a winner. Is a, you I know absolutely it, love that name. It's definitely no Billups, but uh, yeah. Wait, what, what, can, what can be though? No, it was uh, Rutherlips. Yes, Rutherlips. Rutherlips. Yeah, it's no Rutherlips, but you know what, what can be though? I mean, nothing can. Yeah, exactly. Can, can challenge the other lips. That yeah. is a uh, romance that is destined in the stars. <laughs> uh, but of course, as they are best friends, the fighting begins. Yeah, the, the, the first challenge, of course, about little bony. Which, I mean, what the heck? <laughs> what does that name even mean? Their little bonsai tree. Where did that come from, little bony? You know, the worst part is I don't even it's know. probably like, oh yeah, you know. Bonsais are often referred to as bones, or you know, bonsai translates Do to they? bone. Tree. Are they? I have no idea. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't know. I'm just throwing something You're out just there. Making stuff up. Where I'm this like, is not a bonsai tree. I podcast, genuinely so accept that most people are smarter than me, so I assume <laughs> this is a smart gag. Oh, uh, there's a gag in there somewhere. We just don't get it. Yes. We're not we're not we're not bonsai tree. So experts. the real question for me though, is that the replicated lunch bonsai from like yes. seasons ago? Are you sure? <laughs> yes. Did you go yes, back and I, check? I did some research. I did. Yes, the, so if you recall, there's the season 2 episode we'll always have Tom Paris. Uh Boimler has just come back to the Cerritos and the replicator won't recognize him and he eventually just kicks it and it spits out a bonsai tree and it's the same tree. Where has he been keeping it this whole time? I mean, you know what? There's We've seen that the Cerritos has a uh, Arboretum. That's the right word, Does right? It? Arboretum? I don't recall it, yeah. Yeah, because we've yeah. seen like the parts of the ship where there are plants on board, right? Oh, right. Because that's okay. where the dead Dupler was. Oh, yes. Underneath the Arboretum. So, I mean, right. even if he couldn't yeah. keep it like somewhere near his bunk when he lived in the hallway, he could have kept it in lots of places. And That's true. Now he just the real question for he me though is why is Rutherford suddenly so attached to it? Great question. He feels like he has a right to it because it lives in his room too. I don't think he feels like he has a right to it. I think he sees it as a symbol of their friendship, and so oh. he must take care of it. And he okay. believes that he is the best to take care of their friendship. But friendship. Oh. Stavros is a two-way street, and that's something I think you need to understand. <laughs> well, they they had some problems understanding that two-way street, at least at first. But at oh least they have God. a way of so good. <laughs> handling it, <laughs> where they show up on on the steamboat. And they're both dressed up as Mark Twain. Twain. Oh, my God. You know what the best part is? So, like, in the, like, Tendy story arc... Everything is like role reversal, right? Male versus female yeah. roles, right? Right. The the gender roles are swapped in the wedding. They go to the, you know, basically a strip club slash brothel. And the men right. there are the ones being preyed upon. But this one, it's the traditional gender roles being swapped. And this is two dudes showing up wearing the same outfit. And it <laughs> I didn't think of that. Issue. You're right. 
Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Just like so well put together the A and B plots. And before anyone gets like totally like bent out of shape about my bringing up traditional gender roles, uh-huh. everyone has to acknowledge traditional gender roles exist. And yeah, of course if, they do. It's a good source of comedy, right? If you're not one of Absolutely. those people who is laughing at me going, "Oh my god, that's so true. Men shouldn't behave like this." Because it's just such a great gag of them wearing it absolutely is the same yeah. outfit. They're expecting to play the same role, and in the end, yeah. they just they work through it. I love one of my favorite parts of this episode is when they <laughs> the accent. First of all, like something about the two characters doing the Mark oh, Twain. God, like, so I say, good. I say, I say, so the, funny. I just doesn't get old no matter I how much it they the do it. I call it the Southern lawyer accent. It's it's the <laughs> accent you always want to do. So there's actually been this like whole analysis on like the Southern accent thing that has been done. And it's fantastic where they talk about the Southern accent in the U S has become such a touchstone for very quickly presenting a character trope where you're trying to communicate who this character is. And this is the Uh Southern lawyer accent, right? It's the educated, old-timey, good Southern guy, right? And that's the accent they're doing. And it's just, it's fantastic from beginning to end. It is really good. When they have their their Mark Twain fight, you have to turn on the subtitles again for this. At some point, Boimler goes, grits, 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 and... Rutherford just says tarnation, just completely out of context. Oh my God. Just saying like nonsense. So no, tarnation is totally like a legitimate exclamation, right? (laughs) That, I mean, yeah, but it's just out of context, like a one word sentence. Tarnation is like, you know, like frustration or exasperation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh And it's, I've never actually just heard somebody shout tarnation, but I, I distinctly remember as a child hearing people say, well, hearing yelled, what in tarnation? But like, yeah, it like doesn't make any sense. But grits, I've also heard as you know an exasperated, um, ah, grits and something else, right? Oh, um, okay. Huh. But it's funny because I couldn't understand what was being said until you pointed that yeah. out. But for whatever you reason, I, subs. I never paid attention to the subtitles enough because that exchange yeah. is just so fantastic. You're so yeah. enamored with it. What they're actually saying doesn't matter. <laughs> it is really good. I love that. That solves their problem, of course. But then this <laughs> diplomacy tactic gets put to the test because the Cerritos is trying to scan an oscillating nebula. With a, a they're kind of contested with a, a Chalnoth. The Chalnoth is trying to scan it yeah. too for some yeah, reason. Yeah, the uh, Dime Store Klingons. <laughs> yes, we've seen these this race show up before in the TNG episode Allegiance. That's the one where Picard is getting like weirdly tested with a bunch of other aliens, and he's the one that's like, "I need to eat people." Yeah, and like they're kidnapped and yeah. they're ran through tests while they have like doppelgangers doing ridiculous things in their like in wherever they're from. Like that's the one where doppelganger Picard puts the moves on Beverly, right? Yes, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, they get replaced. It's funny, though. Like, <laughs> I, I always kind of felt like all of the series do Aliens of the Week, right? But I always felt like the sure. Chalnoth were being introduced as, like, a potential future antagonist. But they never show up oh. again. 
And the more I think about yeah. it, that actually makes sense because, like I said, they are dime store Klingons, right? Yeah, they are obviously fulfill a role in the episode because they needed like the pacifist and then the the war the warrior type guy. So yeah, I get it. Yeah. But I mean, they they show. I think in Memory Alpha, this is the only other appearance of a Chalna. I'm Kakor. Pretty C-O-Q-Q-O-R. sure. C o q q o r. It was Kakor, yeah. really. That's his name. Yeah, such a weird name. <laughs> I don't know why name. I thought it was like Klagoth or something. Oh, I don't know. But uh, the hilarious thing is when Boimler and Rutherford pitch to Captain Freeman to try the Mark Twain diplomacy strategy, she agrees for some Which reason. Which is weird because, like, <laughs> so. I get the whole building common ground, right? But the problem is the reason that worked for, you know, Rutherford and Boimler is because they have a common cultural narrative there, right? Right. So when they slipped into this character, it kind of led to not just humans, but humans (laughs) who are into this sort of thing, right? Sure. That's the whole, like, I'm a big believer in if you're into something, go to the conventions. Because it is the one place in the world you are guaranteed to find people who have common cultural touchstones as you. But like that's true. It's hilarious though that they they recommend this, and there's there's like no <laughs> way this alien is gonna get into it without any sort of prep work. Like you'd have to like see like other presentations of Mark Twain and understand the implications of his life and his work. It's just yeah. it's so good. But I love the fact though that their like logic is because this helped us resolve our issues, it'll help someone else resolve our issues. <laughs> yeah and then in the end when it doesn't the captain's response which kind of shows the whole anyone can be a captain thing right this mistake doesn't (laughs) define them is you're no longer allowed to play mark twain but that's not why it (laughs) failed captain no that was very much a knee-jerk yeah captain response 100 percent oh man yeah r.i.p little bony Although I guess you can just replicate a new one, I guess. Uh, I mean, you know what? need a new one, just make a new one. Well, they've been caring for it for a while. So, you know, yeah. I mean, it's not going to be the same. You can't just That's have true. another kid. <laughs> Though I do like uh, that, that whole exchange after he eats the plant where, God, I don't, can't remember who it says it. But somebody says, you're very intimidating in a scary yeah, way. Yeah, Captain Freeman. Yeah, yeah, and then in response, he's all like, oh, thank you. And he's so, like, touched. <laughs> oh, it's so fantastic. Good end to the otherwise questionable diplomacy scene. The eating tree. Somebody needs, the, the diplomatic corps needs to get a hold of this bonsai tree strategy for dealing with the child off. Yes. Make some inroads. <laughs> Uh, but and I like the the. Uh, oh, go ahead. Oh no, I know where you're going. Go ahead, because yeah. this is yeah. I'm too busy laughing. The, we we get another synchronized dress up because they of course want to get the Enterprise D picture in their quarters, but they can't decide on the art style. So you know what they oh, do? God, dress so up as good. Mozart. And I'm glad it works for them. I just I think it only works. Oh for them. my god! I love the fact that that's the resolution. And I hope that, like, this isn't the end of it, and this is just, like, an ongoing gag. Like, even if just, like, it's just them show up in episodes where, like, they, they, like, come to something, and they're dressed exactly the same, where, like, the the, the (laughs) characters in the show don't get it, but us watching are like, oh, that's a reference to this! (laughs) Oh, my God. It's like like the anti-two girls show up to prom in the same dress. Yes. It helps bring them closer together. Yeah. I it's love so the good. fact though that like they ha- and like I don't know much about music, but I feel like their discussion 
like an acrylic of the D? Like, is that a term? Like in music? I don't know. Like, I know acrylic is like a paint type. It's like a painting style. Yeah, yeah. I feel like uh-huh. at this point they're just making shit up. Which is fantastic. <laughs> Somebody, I think, Googled some painting styles, and they said there's like the watercolor and the acrylic and whatever the other one was. And they just they just had to yeah. find another one, too. I love the fact yeah. that Rutherford is all like, oh, this is really hard. <laughs> so funny, right at the oh end. Oh, my God. Look, I'm just, I'm just happy that they, I mean, Enterprise Z, Galaxy Class, still my favorite ship class. I'm glad that they can at least agree that that is the pretty ship that they won i agree it got bumped to my second favorite i'm sad to say oh what's your first the odyssey from star trek online oh the odyssey oh okay Um, it it is very much d styled but it has just i don't know it has this cinematic quality to it and it has these features and when it separates it looks better than the d did separated the galaxy yeah i just i don't know I'm fanboying. Oh, I get it. And uh, I get it. At least your Galaxy class is up there somewhere yeah. because objectively the prettiest ship. You know what? It has the same problem though. A lot of Star Trek ships have, and I probably should save this for our next the ships of season <laughs> ships four episode. episode. Yeah. It's coming. Join yeah. us next year for the ships of season four. And now that Indeed. I've said that, we'll get that episode out before the end of the year because that's how <laughs> fate judges me. Oh, oh god. my well, god! I think that's the end. Is there anything else about this episode? No, we've gone we so so we've far done off a lot. the rails. God, <laughs> so what do you think? I mean, this is—I I thought this is a solid episode, a probably one of the most you know solid what? so far. If it wasn't yeah. for the fact that the B plot was like the best part of this episode, um, yeah, I would probably rate it as my favorite of this season. Uh, it'll yeah. be interesting when it's all said and done to see how my rankings go, which. Tune yeah. in next year for our rankings of season four. <laughs> Definitely coming See, next year, twenty twenty. Do, do you like that, Stavros? I'm plugging away like just it. like you told me. Nice work. Yeah, nice work, buddy. I knew you could do it. Oh yes. <laughs> but uh, but it's so good. No, I, it, it's got everything. It's got it's got like the best bromance. It's got a lot of cult Orion cultural information. It's got tendy character development and history. Yeah, you know, I I definitely think it's great. The problem is that it introduces too many threads and it continues Mm. too many threads that if there isn't a satisfying conclusion, it's going to get knocked down hard on my list for this season. We'll see. We'll have to see. We're only four episodes into the season. We will see because that's, you know, four out of ten. That's what we do. Or twelve. Yeah. Ten or twelve. Somebody help me here. Numbers are hard. It's ten. Oh, my God. But yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing how this goes into the future. Indeed, me too. And you know what? If you're looking forward to seeing how our podcast goes into the future, you can tune in next week. No, the main podcast about Lower Decks, dude. You can tune in. I'm doing my thing, man. Oh, I see. You tune in next week for episode five of season four. In the meantime, you can find us on X at Lower Dorks, at least until, you know, everybody has to pay a fee X. for a social media company. That seems dumb to me. So That's then, true. you know, we'll probably have yeah. to start our own social yeah. media mummy. But if none of that works out for you, we've <laughs> definitely <Yes>. established 
Well, I have at least. My love for weddings. So, if you want to invite us to your very own Orion wedding, send us an invite. And you know what? I'll show up. Stavros, though? Not very fun. Probably don't want to invite that guy. What? No, invite me. I'm the one you want. 